Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. In cyberspace, as I like to uh, to say, that's January, huh? January eighteenth, twenty fourteen. Wow, this new year's uh, moving right along. Hey, we got a call in here. Uh, I better send my uh, Facebook friends a little heads up. Let them know we out and uh, out and about this evening. Got a great show for you coming up. We're gonna just deal with uh, Chris Christie. <laughs> hey, hey, well, it's such a uh, compelling, uh, such a compelling uh, story. It's hard to get away from it. Come to find out, they done issued some twenty subpoenas up there in that stuff, yo. This thing got to be. Uh, <laughs> The makings of uh, another Nixon uh, thing, yeah. Maybe worse. Here's the mayor of Hoboken, New Jersey. Mostly poor towns. That that Sandy earthquake uh, pretty much devastated that little town. Then just thinking back to my old Marine Corps days, I was in a was in the Marine Corps with a good uh, friend of mine from. Uh, Hoboken, New Jersey. I hope it didn't get caught up in the mix there. The hurricane Sandy had, uh, I don't know, I guess something like uh, 85% of that town underwater. The mayor, Mayor Zimmerman, she said that uh, somehow the money from the federal dollars coming uh, uh, into New Jersey for uh, that disaster uh, left that town uh, woefully uh, short changed because of uh, of politics. I, you know, I don't think that's the answer. See, this thing is getting crazy. This thing started with a cra- uh, traffic jam back in September. You know? This thing is merging with the room. And now this lady talking about uh, somehow the governor was trying to Stiff um, her into uh, approving some development project that was going on there that uh, somehow somebody knew somebody who was uh, hooked up in it. And, and she wouldn't, she wouldn't, uh, she was against that project or something. I don't know. That. But anyway, seemed like the way she put in for uh, over uh, request, that is, for over $100 million worth of, uh, for uh, uh, over $100 million worth of relief. Uh, for uh, the city of Hoboken, and uh, some, it seemed like to me she got a little over three hundred thousand. They say according to the records there for the reports. I don't know. Wow, that's a big difference. <laughs> and you know, a lot of people are still suffering around there today from the Hurricane Sandy uh, disaster that uh, struck them last year. So I, you know, I, I don't know when the government start. Uh, 
harming the uh, public. Uh, if they can get out of hand real quick, like uh, government can get out of hand real quick. Uh, if, uh, I disagree. If they can get, you know, now we're here with uh, retributions from at least uh, several of the mayors out there in New Jersey talking about uh, this guy acted in a uh, vindictive uh, way toward, uh, uh, toward uh, them harming uh, uh, the citizens at large. Yeah, harming the citizens at large. We. Oh, this thing gonna drag out, y'all. Most of these grand juries and select committees that they putting together up there, they got they talking about this thing going through twenty sixteen, yeah. We're gonna be with this for the next couple of years, y'all. Uh, might as well get comfortable. <coughs> this thing gonna be around there for the next two years. <coughs> through this uh political uh season two. Because remember the Republicans have been talking about how dishonest this president is and how much he's lying, this and that. And uh, you got uh, this guy who wants his presidential ambitions uh, acting pretty much like a, uh, a mafia boss. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. I mean, wow. After we don't know what's going to happen here, y'all. We ain't heard from nobody but him, but he said he he. Uh, saw nothing, uh, heard nothing, uh, did nothing. <clears throat> That's what he said. He saw nothing, did nothing, uh, 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 heard, uh, said nothing. So they they got to try to figure out who knows what when uh, in the uh, uh, next two years. I guess you may this thing will be dragging out. You know, government has never did. Uh, That's a that's a slow process uh, about rear nature, and this thing is complicated. It looks like everybody knew something about this thing, except for what it seemed as a government. Taking a minute, word. Everybody in this top staff looked like it was copying one step in this email trail, y'all. Everybody in, uh, in this top uh around them was uh, copied at some point in the email. Now, it, I'm not a genius. Don't take a, seem like to me, don't take a genius to figure out something's, uh, something's woefully, uh, something is woefully uh, uh, askew here. <laughs> if you, something is crazy to crazy uh, about this whole thing and we don't know because we, uh, we ain't heard from nobody. One guy took the fifth. I don't think <laughs> he took the fifth real quick. Uh, Mr. Will Stan was his high school buddy. <laughs> he didn't want to uh, <laughs> uh, put the, he, uh, put the uh, thing in the practical uh, application there. He, he ordered the codes to be moved from this lane to block off those two or whatnot. So he was on the the boots on the ground, so to speak, in this old uh, in this old uh, drama. In this old drama, he, he was uh, one of the main uh, protagonists. 
at the bottom. We don't know who's way above him uh, trying to extract something out of somebody for something. We, we <laughs> somebody somewhere was trying to extract something out of somebody for something. We don't we don't know yet. We don't know. This thing's still playing out. So hey y'all, January. Uh January eighteenth, Martin Luther King's uh weekend. First lady, Michelle Obama, her birthday. Happy birthday was yesterday. Having a big shindig at the, the White House. She said something about y'all better eat before you come up in there. <laughs> Because times are hard. <laughs> times are tough. Y'all better eat before you get up in there. Because uh, the White House doesn't cut back on the budget. They ain't feed nobody. They have some old dirt. I mean, you got a old dirt. like a 12-course meal for folks. folks. <laughs> no, you, you should be. You should be able to just the orders and the champagne. I think I think I think those folks there gonna be fans and those folks you wanna pick that money anyway. <laughs> Beyonce is provide some of the entertainment. Tom joining on the M C something. He got invitation. I don't know if he's working or what. <laughs> but all the folks got money that uh gonna be up in there. They ain't worried about no food. Well we got some good champagne. Well on way. But yeah, you know, they have four turns, you know, there's a bit, you know, not, uh, stuff shrimp. <laughs> stuff crab legs and stuff, so I, I don't think, uh, they got to worry about that going over here, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, just talking to my peers, uh, arguing about uh, what we live in, you know, what kind of society do we have as a republic or a democracy. I keep telling this, they uh, them bastard, <laughs> bastardized uh, uh, <laughs> version of the two. Oh, society is uh, somewhat made up of, uh, it's supposed to be a democracy, it never quite uh, made it there, but. The society itself is the democracy part of that thing. The government is a republic. It's a republican government, that constitution is. That's the difference. And uh, I tell people that once the, the government, the democracy, the constitution, which controls everything, controls that democracy out there, it, well, it, it at very least extract, uh, <laughs> has the ability to extract uh Enact laws and uh, uh, extract uh, uh, tax dollars from that, that democracy uh, of society out there. Was, uh, the, the, a republic uh, gets the uh, tax dollars out of the uh, democracy, the society, the people at large, is the, the republic's money. It is the republic's money at that point. The Republic of the United States of America. Yeah, we're a republic. The government is. Uh, the society operates in this uh, uh, bastardized uh, democracy, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. So, so it's not a you know a simple. That's uh, uh, what uh, some of the uh, European uh, the uprisings in the Middle East and all that crap. They're trying to figure out how this democracy is uh, trying to 
emulate uh, the, the, the democracy that exists here in this country. Uh, uh, it's hard to do because uh, the democracy that existed here in this country is is not as uh, uh, clearly defined as that. Uh, it's the best of that as a convoluted uh, 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 version of a uh, republic and a uh, democracy. A society part of that thing is a democracy part of it, supposedly, but in uh, the government itself is a republic because the laws are written down uh, on a piece of paper, in this case, of uh, our Constitution here. Uh, the democracy part of it never, neither one of those things, by the way, never came to uh, uh, 100% uh, fruition because uh, uh, a segment of the society uh, never had uh, uh, equal ac- access uh, to either the Republican government, the Constitution, the laws of the country, or uh, social uh, uh, acceptance within the society. So, yeah, it never was a true democracy decided it was because of racism, too, uh, by the way, uh, to a large extent. That's what my book about. Hey, by the way, we're going to be talking about my book this evening, Racism and Hate. It's be out next week, y'all. Uh, promise. <clears throat> be out next week. We're going to share a chapter uh, with you tonight. Uh, we're going to just uh, break down uh, a chapter on reparations uh, that we do because uh, we're a big advocate of financial reparations for Americans of African descent. Uh, not not because we don't love everybody, we just uh, think that uh, African, uh, uh, we advocate, first of all, social justice for Americans of African descent and, uh, uh, because we're part of that community and by extension, we find ourselves advocating on their head. Not that we love everybody. Uh, uh, we believe that uh, I believe Americans of African descent uh, are victims of or uh, belong to a class of Americans who uh, were injured by uh, the plastic, uh, um, uh, by plastic, the separate equal uh, laws of the South injured uh, American Africans some 90 years after the Civil War, all the way up until the 1954. I, I uh, Contain in my book and my study that the Americans of African born before 1954 have a direct uh, uh, claim uh, to financial reparations for damages uh, for injuries uh, suffered under the separate equal laws here in the state of Georgia and the, the country. Yeah, that's what, uh, and, and they won that case. It's not a case that has to be relitigated again. Uh, uh, seems to me that. Uh, the Justice Department of this country should be uh, uh, looking back at that case. I suggest that they look back at it and see how uh, some uh, 8 to 10 to 12 million Americans African descent born here before 1940 or uh, well, 1954 uh, uh, can uh, petition the court because the only reason they didn't petition the court when Brown overturned Plessy or set Plessy aside was that uh, the court uh, felt as though there would be some kind of racial terrorism uh, in the South. <laughs> Imagine that. They they put pressure on Thurgood Marshall not to uh, participate in that court financial reparation back then because of uh, fear of uh, 
racial unrest in the South, yeah. That's just a fact. Hey, now, where we at, y'all? We rambling off. <clears throat> we rambling on here. Don't get too far out uh, going on this last month. Come back there. Come back. Slow down, son. Where you at? <laughs> hey, y'all, uh, don't get me started. 16 after, y'all. 7 o'clock here in the ATL. Kind of a chilly day there with the wind, but a beautiful weekend here in uh, Atlanta, but this weather's been all over the place, y'all. I don't know where it's number. I'll say there ain't no, uh, ain't nothing. Well, ain't no damage to the weather. Ain't no climate change. Uh, what they're talking about? All 48 states freezing. Let's say nothing to the first time ever, y'all. The irritating look, irritating the users. <laughs> but yeah, it was a freezing. <laughs> Except Hawaii, <laughs> Hawaii don't count. <laughs> but uh, every other state in the union was uh, below season, guys. And West ain't nothing wrong with the weather. Y'all, they making this a uh, uh, a liberal plot. <laughs> this is all a liberal plot, y'all. And it was the president's fault. <laughs> all this stuff was the president's fault, y'all. <laughs> Hey, little bummer gifts there. Taking money from somebody, giving it to these poor folks. <laughs> Got the nerve to give poor folks some money. It's about 18 after 7, yeah, in the ATL. Welcome once again to the Hushmore Bank Forum. Where our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. Not in the sense that sometimes we'll do it louder out there on blog talk. But uh, we don't like to uh, go there. We try to keep everything on an even keel. Just excited here uh, about the uh, release of my book, y'all. It's imminent. Coming up this week, y'all. Racism and Hate in American Reality is the title of it. Taking a look at uh, racism, really, uh, um, throughout my family's history here in uh, Georgia, some 230-some years of it, and uh, how it affected uh, uh, my family, you know, just a microcosm, I suppose, of the greater community here. We... uh, and now that the conversation in the country is there, I think it's really right on plan. Uh, uh, talking this 50th anniversary of Lyndon Johnson uh, uh, issuing this uh, war on poverty in 1964, the news media is uh, portraying it as really it was a, a result of Round sitting aside Plessy and uh, the government of this country trying trying desperately to uh, reparate uh, millions of people who have been harmed and injured by the separate equals of racist laws uh, of the country at that time. Through following the civil rights marches and uh, the slow uh, death of that uh, uh, those uh, discriminatory laws here in the South now, that took from 1954, it took 10 years until 
they even got around to some affirmative action, uh, some thought of compensating uh, people who had uh, been injured for some money. Uh, 14th Amendment rights had been taken away for some 90 years after that Civil War. Yeah. It took 10 to long years after Brown uh, set aside all that stuff for uh, some minuscule um, of uh, uh, justice to uh, occur. Uh, people will find a, a guilt a railing against it uh, still bombing uh, uh, and killing people. Yeah, after 54, after uh, 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 the Supreme Court said that uh, Plessy was uh, 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 Plessy was not uh, uh, um, right in this decision that uh, uh, the Constitution is indeed colorblind and tolerates no uh, uh, such a thing as classes amongst uh, its citizens. Yeah, the 14th Amendment made that clear. But the, uh, the South and uh, uh, the separate laws took that right away again for some 90 years, dam- damaging uh, America's accuracy. Now, I, yeah, I realize a lot of poor folks in the country you know, I, I realize it all too well. I, uh, in my little small um, um, piece of space, uh, advocate for America's of African descent because uh, 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 I'm part of uh, that community. I mean, everybody uh, deserves an equal amount of justice. But also, everybody has to be I believe uh, uh, we are different. America's accent are different because uh, the laws that uh, injured us, uh, uh, separate equal laws that Plessy codified, uh, international law, only affected two groups of people, two race of people. America was of African descent. Alma Plessy, that American of African That old case was about American of African and Right people. Period. That, that's the only groups of people there that uh, uh, that case was about. And what Plessy said was that uh, the American African said was socially inferior and took him out of society, drug him out of uh, the largest society, locked him up in a train by itself. That, that act, that one single act alone, pretty much separated all Americans back in the set out of uh, social society. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, uh, throughout, uh, not just the school place, the workplace, the public places, and uh, psychologically, it did an enormous damage. Uh, I, I, I say that... Uh, I make the argument that American African descent belongs to a unique class of Americans who were injured uh, by the separate equal laws of the South, laws that were codified into national law by the Plessy versus Ferguson case in 1896. Those separate equal laws stayed in place 
until 1954, when Brown v. Board of Education set the effects of slavery. The effects of slavery on America's rights set for over 90 years after the Civil War ended in 1865 were devastating. Approaching genocide at worst with the hundreds of lives lost during this period, from mob violence, uh, mysterious hangings, church bombings, and the like. From this, I mean, surely, some of the darker the man's in humanity uh, toward uh, his fellow man to just uh, play no economic destruction done by the uh, discrimination in the workplace, in the, uh, the school place, and the public places uh, in general. Uh, left American activists uh, economically crippled by uh, by the time 1954 and uh, Brown rolled Starting in 1860, uh, well, 18, uh, uh, I'll say 1872 when uh, they started uh, uh, the end of Reconstruction, but between 1872 and 1876, uh, they devastated us. They put the they put the old uh, uh, screws to us big time. That's when the North northern uh, industrialists got together with the uh, southern uh, good old boys and uh, decided to do away with the, the little advances that uh, the newly freed slaves had made down there in the south. <laughs> the north, uh, they was tired of dealing with the uh, ex-slave problem. Plus, it was harming their bottom line there because uh, they uh, was losing control of uh, labor costs. Out of free slaves, free people, that's five million blacks. They ain't got no money, but they uh, 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 had to pay them something to work. So the labor costs were going up. As minuscule as it was, it was going up for uh, the majority. Plus, there was a social thing that still had to be controlled. This assimilation into uh, the social society of uh, the white uh, community at at large. How is this thing going to be kept under wraps to uh, keep them separate, but also not allow them to uh, get too far away into uh, coming uh, to to possession of uh, any kind of large amounts of real estate. (laughs) That's why they uh, uh, took that 46 million acres away from uh, 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 those uh, ex-freed slaves. And that, that's on the whole state act. I mean, that would have done a hell imagine. Imagine if the five million uh, uh, ex slaves that I got the 46 million acres set aside in that Southern Homestead Act in 1866. Um, we, we'd been in a much uh, better position today. We would be in a much better position today had uh, uh, we had been able to acquire that land. Uh, back then, that would have been the start some just uh, reparation for the 300 years of free slavery that had uh, 
just occurred. They didn't do that. They, they couldn't see. They couldn't see, uh, as they say, the forest from the trees. But they, they, they were afraid of uh, giving anything to uh, the newly freed Americans uh, back then. Of African descent. I, I mean, looking back, just looking back at the history of the country and where we are today, uh, we would have been so much better off had the uh, 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 did that one thing. <laughs> they done just that one thing. Uh, let those folks have the 46 million acres of property that would have given them a foundation, economic foundation to uh, assimilate into the society on a much, much uh, freer basis and uh, 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 would have did so much for them and the country. Uh, And they wouldn't have to worry about this crazy assimilation thing, uh, this uh, miscegenation of (laughs) This mingling of the races <laughs> that uh, they uh, that, that so much consumed their uh, uh, mentality. This uh, strong uh, African uh, blood trait that uh, somehow uh, stopped them from being a people. I guess I don't know what the, uh, the African blood does, but it does something to some generations. I don't know. They claim that uh, I, hey, uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's about 730 in ATL, y'all. We're going we're gonna to take a quick one here. Quick pause for the calls, y'all. We'll be right back. We're going to get a little more into uh, this reparation thing from my book. It's, it's a chapter from a book, y'all. I was reading it, uh, quoting it here, because really, I got to hustle <laughs> just this book is coming out here. We we got to get back into it because we started this thing five years ago. And as you're, if you're a writer, uh, writing stuff for over a period of years, you really got to keep up to make sure what you started writing about five years ago is still relevant uh, today. It's, uh, especially when you're doing nonfiction stuff. You really, and you know, you're writing the biographies and stuff about time and uh, some kind of timeline. Yeah. So, uh, but I was, I got my author's copy, uh, and I was just uh, perusing through it so I can familiarize myself when I get out uh, on the old book trail. <laughs> I'll be uh, able to uh, respond to uh, inquiries about it from the audience. You got to do all that stuff. So I, I can write a little note. I write a little, uh, a little two or three paragraphs thing on each chapter so that I can put it in my mind, put it on my uh, little iPad and throw them up, up in front of the audience. I'll have it there. When I ask the question, I'll be able to, uh, to respond to it. But yeah, you got to go back and reread it and refresh yourself and make sure you're sharp. So that's what I've been doing just as I got this thing, trying to refresh uh, myself with uh, where I was trying to go with the story. 
uh, racism and hate, you know, it's dealing with uh, the, just those two things, racism and hate, we try to look at it from, uh, um, well, from my uh, perspective of uh, someone who was uh, affected by it. Uh, who was uh, born before 1954? Because I, I, uh, I uh, and that's you know that's me. That's, I, I, but really, I wrote the book for uh, uh, our uh, intellects for the most part. I, I think the book's probably geared more for uh, uh, high school students. Uh, high school students get some things out of it, but uh, most of college students, I would think. Our intellectual uh, class with uh, what I, well, our folks uh, out there in college probably get more out of it. They probably would have a better uh, mindset to uh, uh, put some things together uh, by uh, ingesting uh, the food that uh, they uh, uh, get from this uh, from this book. Racism and hate American reality. Yeah, you know, we went back and traced the history of uh, racism as we see it. Yeah, it, uh, well, the dictionary defines it as uh, someone who feels superior, one race of people feels superior to another race, uh, and that uh, they uh, should uh, control them. Uh, and uh, to uh, a system of government uh, that allows for uh, racism to uh, exist within the society. So yeah, the government itself can be uh, 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 racism. Racism can be a system of government. That's important because uh, just looking back at the history of the country and uh, when I was doing my research, I came across where uh, Karl Marx, uh, you know, yeah, Karl Marx, the old Nazi uh, inventor, <laughs> he uh, that whole uh, uh, train, the European train, though, at that time, uh, coming out of that uh, enlightened period, uh, they looked at uh, the new colonies over here for some hundred uh, uh, years or more, studying uh, the effects of uh, uh, slavery, racism, and all that stuff on uh, society. At the University of Berlin, you know, he developed his uh, some of his principles of uh, 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 Nazism, Marxism, communism, all of it came from a system of racism. It's heavy, yeah? All of it came from a system of racism that they developed studying using the new colonies as a test to for social development uh, when it uh, came to uh, intermixing all these different races and uh, people and uh, just, uh, how uh, slave labor would affect uh, uh, um, social behavior and, and uh, uh, the uh, uh, new capitalist uh, system that uh, was developing. And really, uh, capitalism itself, I, I guess, they, uh, it claimed to be uh, something from uh, uh, this uh, enlightenment period of uh, some 200 years of enlightenment of uh, the Europeans that came out of that thing thinking they were uh, God's chosen people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
they came out of that period thinking they were God's chosen uh, people, you know. They was uh, the Hebrews coming up out of the East and all to conquer the world. Carrying the, the Ark of the Covenant, I guess they got to the point where they thought that dollar, <laughs> uh, don't get me started on this, uh, but both talking about it, the dollar tree of uh, money. They fell in love with that dollar thing, huh? Oh, yeah, the Europeans did too. Like just uh, the kings and popes, and they fell in love with that dollar, yeah. Money. Way back. It's a problem. The pope, that's what the pope's talking about today. Yeah, I'm sold the poor folks out for a pair of shoes. What's up with that? This is economic. Uh, Inequality is uh, brother birds. This triple trickle down economics is uh, brother birds here, y'all. Ain't nothing trickling down nowhere in this system, and that's the problem here. Now in Boston, you got people like T. and Cruz and uh, Rubio and all these folks talking about having a day for poor. Come on, come on, y'all, stop it. They need to stop it right now. <laughs> and we, as a community, Americans, I could say we got to do everything we can to uh, keep um, lifting our community up. Uh, you know, working as hard as we can, demanding that uh, the politics of this country work uh, for us uh, as well as it does for everybody else. And uh, but at the same time, if we do all that, if we do all of that. We're not, uh, we're going to be hard pressed to uh, find ourselves on an equal level here with uh, the larger society because of the injuries that we suffered uh, that were uh, never uh, reparated. From slavery, but more so from 1865 forward when they took away the 14th Amendment rights, when they beat us out of the 46 million acres that were set aside to provide. Uh, some uh, sort of uh, financial foundation for uh, the newly freed uh, slaves, ex-slaves. So yeah, we uh, <clears throat> we feel uh, today that uh, the only way we can get uh, back on an even playing field is through uh, reparation from uh, the government, from the republic. Nothing but democracy. Democracy is a, a the mob that's running around out here like the Tea Party. That's a democracy. That's a, a that's mob rule. That's what the Tea, uh, tea Party uh, personified. Mob rule. That's what a democracy it is. True sense uh, is. Yeah. That's why. That is why the founders set this thing up as a republic. A constitution, laws for everybody, but they take. The 14th Amendment away, our rights away. Hey, my new book, y'all, coming out, y'all, pick up a copy. It's heavy. Food for thought for our intellects to uh, carry on their advocacy on our behalf, hopefully. That, this, that's what I wrote it for. Not for me to get out and uh, do anything, but uh, hopefully the Joy Reads of the world, uh, the Al Sharptons of the world, uh, Melissa Harris of the world, uh, those folks with their uh, advocacy platform 
will uh, be able to find some a small amount of uh, food to ingest uh, from my inappropriate. If that feed up, I get that much out without be satisfied. Yeah, I try to, you know, I think it's important for our intellects today to tie together the wisdom of our uh, great leaders that got us to where we are today. Uh, Frederick Douglass and uh, 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 Henry McNeil Turner, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, the Charles Hamilton Houston, uh, you know, just so many of our great leaders. And uh, they fought all those years and taught us so much that we uh, now uh, seem to have forgotten about or don't uh, draw enough from to uh, educate our young folks uh, of our legacy of what we stand in this country that we help build. Uh, and we... we uh, Kept off the ball personally, uh, I think, uh, from a demanding uh, uh, a reparation. And that, you know, just because we, uh, I uh, advocate for reparation, don't uh, preclude us from doing everything else, from working as hard as we can to uh, uplift our community up uh, uh, by the bootstraps, uh, you know. We still have to demand uh, uh, our. Uh, uh, Demand reparation for injury. We got to do all of that stuff, yeah. We all our all our struggles, <laughs> all our struggles has to be tied together into one uh, goal, uh, y'all, and move forward. All our struggles have to be tied together in terms of how do we best uh, move our community, uplift our community. We got thirty percent unemployment, half our young folks in jail. Half our young folks are in jail. It don't make sense. Can't find work. Don't have no kind of for economic foundation because of uh, systemic crazy stuff that go back generations that we uh, can't uh, uh, get our mind of because of reparation. Reparation of those eight fire, farmers who went to court in Connecticut in 2009, which is the Supreme Court for 14th Amendment violations in the workplace. Just remember those eight, the Supreme Court rules in their favor. Say, so, oh no, society can't, whoever can't uh, mistreat you because of your race, gave them reparation. In 1954, it was 20 million black folks uh, right there in that same place that the Supreme Court said the same thing. Uh, society, stop it. You have uh, discriminated against these 20 million people over here because of their race. We should have should petitioned the court right there for financial reparations. Hundreds of millions of dollars back in 1954 is what the government told us then. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, I can put a number on it. I, I can put a number on it. Make no mistake, I can put a number on it. And my book, too. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, the government, uh, we, we've got to get that. Uh, we've got to demand that this uh, Justice Department go back and look at that when they start talking about uh, uh, 
income uh, or uh, uh, wealth redistribution. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> they had somebody said they had the largest wealth redistribution in the history of the country over the last uh, uh, ten years. Uh, going from uh, wealth coming out of the poor folks uh, uh, hanging uh, into the rich. Uh, <laughs> black folks lost on 45% of the uh, wealth uh, over the last 10 years. Uh, it's crazy and scary. It is scary what's going on here in this country. We've got to, uh, we've got to uh, uh, like I said, keep working hard. At the same time, we've got to talk about the injuries suffered under the laws of this country, under government, under this republic. So yeah, we we should get out there because that's what I do in my book. We're talking about uh, uh, how racism has uh, deprived uh, Americans of accent of uh, economic parity uh, area. Yeah, I mean, several all over minorities are just because of their color. Yeah, but uh, we uh. We're going to take a break here, yeah? We're we going to do a couple of breaks. It's such an interesting uh, subject. Uh, <laughs> we, you know, the husband, this is such an interesting subject here. We we, we get carried away and get uh, off on a tangent. We done blew, a, we done blew right through two breaks here. What time is it, yeah? Hey, it's about two minutes till uh, eight, yeah? We'll be right back. Y'all hang in there. You got me the husband. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Almost eight o'clock, y'all. Mr. West Dam, Mr. Lee here in ATL. Off time flies when you're having fun, y'all. We been off on uh, this reparation thing, talking about this uh, uh, economic inequality. Y'all, it's more to it than just uh, poor neighborhoods and um, <laughs> all this stuff. There's a reason for this uh, economic divide, a, especially when it comes to American rights and the now. Because, like I said, there's a lot of poor folks in the country, some 40, 50, 60 million uh, uh, folks in the country living uh, below uh, poverty. Uh, those uh, people, are, a disproportionate number of those people are American Africans. And remember, we only make up uh, some 13% of the population, some 41 to 45 million people. But uh, we make up a disproportionate number of uh, those poor folks. Although it's more poor white folks uh, by number than it is black, they absorb uh, more of the uh, welfare dollars, if you will, than blacks. No, no doubt, by long shot. But there's still a disproportionate number of uh, uh, poor blacks because of uh, the laws of the country held uh, held them back, and they were never uh, reparated for. It should have been. when uh, Brown uh, set us that test in 1934, you know, that's an easy, uh, easy uh, conclusion to come to if you just uh, look at the history. For me, anyway, I mean, you know, there's going to be some, <laughs> some <laughs> pushback. Well, it's pushback already, pushback. We can't, uh, you know, you got the... Uh, the right wing out there now talking about uh, the health care thing is nothing but a wealth distribution scheme perpetrated by this black president trying to take money from one group of people to give it to another group. You know, that argument is almost uh, laughable to me when they start, when I hear anybody start talking about wealth redistribution, uh, only somebody got wealth is uh, 1% of Less than one percent of the population. So, who who are all these other folks crying about wealth redistribution? Because they ain't got nothing. They ain't got a freaking thing. So, we ain't talking about being. Who's have uh, a one percent make up their wealth? Uh, why is uh, these other ninety nine percent of the people crying about some kind of wealth redistribution? Because they ain't got nothing. It's not you, uh, Joe Blow Six Pack. We ain't talking about taking your wealth. You ain't got none. So you're not going to get caught up in the mix. When it comes to wealth redistribution, you are not going to get caught up in the mix because you don't have no wealth uh, for the most part. Come on. Hey, Serena's into the second week down at the Australian Open, y'all. Great tournament so far. Venus got knocked out in the first round. She's going, she's doing so well too. And uh, that heat was, that heat was awful down there. Y'all, some hundred five degrees out there on that tarmac. <laughs> Where they play that, uh, that Australia? You know, summer down down under. Yeah, summer, summer down there is winter here. So, it's, they've been going through some. There's a lady almost bumming. I wish she doing biting the net. 
Come on, lady. Yeah, but uh, we, I don't know, uh, I thought the boy, Dolly uh, Young got beat. He went to the third round, but that's pretty good for him. He got all the way to the third. No, he went out in the fourth round. He got to the fourth round. That's 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 progress for Dolly Young. Pretty good payday, too. Yeah, you get to that fourth round, but any of these majors, you're making a couple hundred thousand there. Could get that payday for a few days' work. Pretty good payday for a few days' work, guys. I don't know if somebody just signed a big Hersh Hershells. What's the name? Steve Hershell? Los Angeles Dodge just picture just signed it. Seven years, 215 mil, yeah. Well, that's pretty good work if you can, you can find it. Everybody can't find that work, though. <laughs> now, I, now, you think that guy going to pitch another seven years? Kershaw, Kershaw, he's only 25, though. He's 25, so he's young. He probably will. He might earn all, but that's a good feeling. He's a tough boy, too, yeah. Yeah, he's a tough boy. Uh, well, they didn't win the, they didn't win the, they didn't win the World Series. Also on that thing, Big Pappy. But uh, he's still a tough boy. The Dodgers, tough, tough team. They didn't keep the, <laughs> keep him out of jail. And funny boys, uh, uh, why do you get into so much trouble? Well, money. If you got money like that, you. Susceptible to uh, trouble. <laughs> a young, a young athlete with that kind of money, trouble uh, have a way of uh, finding them. Where we at, y'all? Welcome, my Facebook friends. How y'all doing out there? Got a call in, one 888 3814 y'all. National Black Forum. Where our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. And not a necessity, sometimes we'll do it louder. But anybody else out here on the blog talk, we like to keep everything on the even keels, you know. We're trying to see what's going on in the world. Looking at uh, two or three months ago, we got a tennis match over there. And she was coming down over the Facebook pages. Ran into a really old friend of mine uh, uh, that I grew up with here uh, on Facebook. Uh, Y'all might... The athlete, great, great athlete, uh, running back, All-American at Michigan back in the 70s. Uh, I knew him when he was a young kid. Billy Taylor is his name. Uh, had some trials and tribulations and uh, got himself back to the other. He's a doctor right now, Dr. Billy Taylor. The Dr. Billy Taylor story, they made a movie of it. And, uh, it's out there on the Internet. Go Google Dr. Billy Taylor. He'll pull you up there. And go to my website, hushmoblack.com. I'll post uh, 
I'll post a link to his uh, to his website. You can go uh, check his story out. The Billy Taylor story, Perseverance, I believe it is. And, uh, uh, get back up again. Is the title of it? The story of Billy Taylor, great, great running back. Uh, that uh, anyway, I ran into him on the internet. Like I said, his birthday was uh, one day. That one day this week, and he's a friend of mine. That on the Facebook page now, and that everybody's wishing him a happy birthday. All the folks that uh, you know grew up with him. Um, so I remember that his nickname was uh, Little Lewis. I used to call him Little Lewis, and uh, uh, I wish him a happy birthday. Little Lewis, happy birthday. And sure enough, he fell out on that because it's probably been 50 years since he heard someone call him Little Lewis. And uh, somebody, uh, well, it had to be somebody who knew him uh, that uh, uh, has been able to. Um, I remember that uh, that was his nickname. But anyway, I, I wanted to, to call him up. Just a great, great uh, inspiration this guy's story is, by the way. Uh, I want y'all to go out there and check him out. Uh, Google Dr. Billy Taylor. It'll come up. You'll find, you'll find it. But like I said, shortly of that, I'm, I'm going to post his, uh, I'm going to post his, uh, a link to his website on my, on my website, hashboldback.com, so you'll be able to find it there. Uh, uh, in my book, y'all, my book will be there. Oh, I'll be I'll be posting it on Facebook and everywhere else. Every other book I can post, <laughs> it will be posted, y'all. Y'all got to buy a copy. Get the electronic version for three ninety nine and send uh, and pass it on to ten of your uh, the link, not the copy. <laughs> ten of your friends, y'all. I need to sell a hundred thousand copies of the uh, ebook. Three ninety nine. It's uh, the price point is. Uh, <laughs> I want my audience to be able to afford my uh, my right my work, and I think that's a great great uh, price. By everybody, a copy of the family. Uh, it's uh, not a literary uh, masterpiece by no means. Uh, this is a story. <laughs> this is un- a story unfiltered by academia, <laughs> for sure. But uh, nevertheless, a great. Uh, a great source of uh, uh, information for uh, how uh, uh, racism affected uh, a whole group of, uh, of people here in the country. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, I, it's, I uh, see it as uh, required reading for all our uh, college uh, students. For all of our college students, uh, <clears throat> they need to uh, get more engaged uh, in the, on a, from a legal standpoint, demanding our uh, uh, demanding what the uh, government owes, demanding what the government owes. I mean, this is not any kind of wealth redistribution scheme. That's all junk. This is money that uh, the country, um, the republic. Uh, uh, always because of 
uh, the laws that uh, uh, it allowed to exist uh, that took uh, away our 14th Amendment rights here. For so many years, all separate equal laws has all uh, uh, affected our uh, economic uh, development. The acts of uh, this government uh, uh, injured us. And yeah, it's just a fact. I mean, uh, the the money that uh, we get, uh, the, the black community, uh, with uh, uh, you talk about uh, people who are born. Uh, <laughs> Here, prior to 1954, they're gonna uh, turn right around and uh, they're gonna turn right around and uh, spend that money back into the economy <laughs> without delay. You talking about boosting up the economy, really, to be a boom for the economy if they did pay a uh, reparation. Uh, oh, I say, uh, 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 everybody uh, born before. Uh, uh, 1954, that thing works out to about $10 million a piece. Hey. Hey. We went through 100 years of genocide, yeah? There's something that's close to genocide with all the murders and the hangings and the, all the, some of the worst inhumanities uh, to man uh, can, yeah? That's ever existed here. Uh, that period of purgatory, political purgatory that uh, we found ourselves in, coming out of that civil war. That was it, yeah. But more I look at it, uh, more I'm amazed at uh, how far we came uh, with all the uh, uh, obstacles uh, in the way. And, you know, it's not a hateful, something to hate, something hateful about uh, asking uh, this government for a reparation. Yeah, we gotta prop prop the economy up. We yeah, four five hundred million dollars. You think it is maybe? That's ten million times uh, uh ten ten times ten. That's what how, how much it is. Whatever it is, y'all. That's what uh, at the very least uh, is due. At the very least is due. How much is uh forty six million acres of property worth today? How much is that property alone is worth? I mean, yeah, we can come up with a number now. We can come up with a number, and I do so in my book in a rather crude way. I mean, but yes, ten million dollars a person. You know, we're talking about for people born prior to 1954, who was directly injured by a person. There's nothing hateful about that. Those people wasn't hating them. Nobody who went to the Supreme Court. Those great firemen wasn't hating. Who was they hating? They wasn't hating nobody. They just wanted uh, reparation because they had been uh, discriminated against because of their color. Supreme Court uh, agreed with them right away. So, oh, you can't do that. They did it for 90 years <laughs> against the uh, uh, my people and me. You know, I don't, you know. I don't have no uh, problem at all asking for a reparation for those injuries. 
the easiest way to do. And so some hundred thousand, some hundred thousand uh, uh, Americans of African descent get uh, get their signatures together on a petition, send it up to the White House, send it to the president's website, and have uh, demanding that uh, the Attorney General take a look at uh, that Brown case and our argument, and uh, figure out how it is that they can uh, get to petition that court. I. But uh, we can work all that out. That that can be worked out. How to go about it? But uh, the easiest way would be uh, just to uh, get a couple hundred thousand uh, signatures and petition the uh, attorney general to uh, uh, take a look back at. Uh, if uh, uh, in fact uh, Brown did overturn Plessy, if it overturned Plessy, if it set us at Plessy, <laughs> we. The, the argument for uh, 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 financial reparation is uh, uh, a pretty clear-cut uh, uh, case here. Plessy allowed uh, the state of Georgia to uh, put in place restrictions on real estate sales by uh, race. They allowed for the state political districts to be gerrymandered legally by forbidding the sale of real estate to Americans of African descent uh, in certain uh, in certain areas legally on the books. You could put a restriction. A white person could put a restriction on uh, on real estate on who to sell it to. If you were black, he didn't have to, a white did not have to sell you his real estate. He put a restriction right in on the deed, on the plaque he can put on that. You can't sell this. I, if I sell this to you, you can't sell it to no black folks. Uh, when, he, when they develop the property, they can put it legally in the uh, ordinance, restrictions on that property, just like they can put uh, a restriction on the property just like they can restrict a service station from being built on the property. They can restrict the property from being sold to Americans of African descent. You're talking about a convenient way to jury rig uh, congressional districts. Imagine. <laughs> wow. The good old Dixiecrats, y'all. And they, uh, uh, right now, the good old Dixiecrats has got the People confused about uh, uh, how it is that the Republican Party is so uh, <laughs> so uh, so much infighting within the Republican Party as is because the good old Dixiecrats uh, of the Confederacy is uh, uh, in bed uh, uh, with uh, Lincoln <laughs> somehow. The good old Dixocrats uh, of the Confederate has went to bed with good old Abe in the Republican. Can you imagine that? This is that, that's a story all by itself. How that uh, migration occurred. I need to write a some kind of drama about that. How it is that Georgia 
a turd uh, <laughs> from Dixiecrat to Republican. How the Confederates of Georgia of the South married the Lincoln Republicans. That's a story. Somebody need that. If I was a playwright, I, if I was, a, that's, that's a. Can you make a spoof on it? Some kind of spoof out of that? <laughs> Some kind of comedy? No, so, no, that would have to be a tragedy. <laughs> it could be a comedy. <laughs> this, this thing got to make it of a real tragedy here, y'all. That, that union, that, <laughs> that, that get together back of, uh, this, all because of it has a lot to do with, uh, this, uh, anti-amalgamation uh, doctrine that uh, has been in place here in the country from uh, Civil War. Yeah. It has a lot to do with it, too. Yeah. Make no mistake. There's no reason for the white Democrats in the South to all of a sudden to all go to the Republican Party. But what, what, why would they? Why would they feel a need to? They control the politics of the South, except that the politics of the South includes what? About 30% of uh, uh, oh, the Democratic Party now. About 30% of the Democratic Party in the South are black. They ain't running away from those black girls. Remember, they, they figure a way to get away from you. If they, they figured out they can uh, 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 separate you out of uh, the uh, political life and they Try to do this there by switching parties, yeah. By switching parties, they divorced themselves of, uh, they got away from, uh, uh, black folks once again. By switching parties, political parties. The ideology then switched, though. That's the problem. The ideology, the old antebellum Heronrock, uh, ideology uh, didn't uh, vanish when they switched parties. They took that with them over there. And they're showing up in that party today. They're showing up in that Republican Party today. That old antebellum uh, Herrenbrock democracy that uh, was in place here in uh, the old South. Uh, uh, they, want, they want that thing to uh, they want to put that thing back in place here. Yeah. we got to guard against it. We we have to guard against that thing, that old uh, Aaron Brock democracy. It all came under states' rights, too. When they started talking about states' rights, this and states' rights, that. Yeah, states don't have a right to enslave me. That's what that 13th Amendment was about. That's what those 600,000 uh, dead folks are, are about. 100,000 of them black folks. <laughs> Hey, everybody got some skin in that civil war game. It wasn't just white folks dead or dead. And none of them was enslaved. So, yeah, we paid a heavy price, heavy, heavy price uh, for that war. In blood. And got very uh, 
But we got, well, he always emancipated. We had a man upstairs. That's what we were uh, training all those uh, generations for, uh, for our uh, salvation. So from that standpoint, the man upstairs did his job. Yeah, that's what uh, Frederick Douglass was trying to tell him in 1852 in that <laughs> last speech. This thing now going in this country is crazy. Resembling something uh, that parallels uh, the story where our old Babylon over there. Yeah, it resembles uh, that story of old Babylon man. So uh, we. Keep on doing what you're doing. The man upstairs is going to get involved in this thing one on one. And uh, sure enough, the prophecies of Frederick uh, Duncan, eight years later, here comes Anastasia. Here comes this war. Here comes 600,000 people dead. Here comes the end of the institutional slavery that uh, they have set up here in this country. Not only that, uh, that war would not have came to the end without uh, the institution, the induction of uh, that 13th Amendment within that uh, Constitution. Oh, y'all didn't see that movie, Lincoln, Steven Spielberg movie? Lincoln was having nightmares. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln was having nightmares in January of 1865. He was having nightmares. That war was still going on. Yeah. 600,000 people had been killed in. Everybody was ready for that thing to come to an end, but it was still going on. And didn't nobody at that time know what. He had issued this emancipation to slave was free as far as the <laughs> hey, that war was still going on, y'all. People were still dying, and nobody, nobody knew why. Lincoln was having nightmares about trying to figure out, waking up in a cold sweat. What in the hell is going on there? Why are we still killing each other? He had one of those... Uh, Nebuchadnezzar moments. King Nebuchadnezzar, y'all, y'all remember him? Getting back to that story of Babylon. The Jews was enslaved in the old kingdom of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar was the king. He didn't know what was going on. He had enslaved all those people, uh, trashed uh, Jerusalem and set up his own uh, house down in Babylon that he was living on the hog there with all these slaves but somehow the slaves got to praying to God again they found the Israelites they found themselves in slavery again sure enough they turned back to God as always he heard of them next thing you know there go Babylon 
Lincoln said that, uh, uh, well, the movie says that the, the nightmare that he was having, he went to his wife, Mary, to, uh, and she told him that uh, maybe it's the 13th Amendment needs to be uh, his stuff. I say he went to Butler Daniel. <laughs> you know, that Daniel, hey, I'm a son of the Daniel. My great-great-grandfather was Daniel. So, you know, they uh, cipher dreams. <laughs> the dream cipher. Uh, yeah, yeah, Daniel in the land being all over that story when uh, the king called Daniel and uh, the king uh, Nebuchadnezzar was having this crazy dream. He couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Nobody could figure it out. He's going to kill up half the wise men in the town. He was going to kill up all of them. Say Susan and the fortune tellers and everybody. He was going to kill them. That's right. Daniel got word to us. Oh, everybody includes me. I, better, I got I got a solution. I got the solution to King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Sure enough, the king called him in. Daniel said, "I got it." He told him what it, he told him his problem. <laughs> Daniel told him what uh, that dream was. Oh, yeah, he got it from the man upstairs. Really, the story is uh, the man upstairs told Daniel uh, what uh, uh, the king was dreaming. And Daniel went and told him, so, oh, yeah, you got to do this, that, and that sort of thing. <laughs> Get up off of you. And uh, sure enough, uh, 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 Abraham, somebody told Abraham Lincoln, as a result of these nightmares he was having, that uh, the man upstairs wasn't having all this got craziness. Uh, y'all, was, uh, you ain't going to leave slavery in place. That war was not going to end, uh, and you leaving slavery in place. Like, uh, uh, you remember that movie? They were right on the verge of uh, selling that thing. They was right on the verge of ending that war uh, without uh, uh, disposing of slavery. <laughs> They was going to leave slave, trying to find out a way to leave slavery in place. And they were just about there. But for some reason, <laughs> the war was still raging on. Finally, somebody, the man upstairs, uh, something about that slavery thing has to be put in writing. <laughs> we have to get rid of that. And it's not good enough that uh, uh, 600,000 folks have died. Yeah. It's going to have to be installed in writing in that uh, Republican document you got there, that uh, uh, there will be no more enslavement of uh, God's children. There will be no more enslavement uh, of uh, God's children. Uh, That uh, period of uh, history has ran its course. So you've got to put that in that Constitution a 13th Amendment in the Constitution. So get that in there. We'll wrap this thing up here. Sure enough, they passed it passed two weeks later. The war came to an end. General Lee and good old Jefferson Davis, they went on about the business. Both of them should have been locked up for treason and hung now. In my mind. Both of them should have been locked up for treason and hung. In my mind. Uh, I, I, uh, so yeah, but the man upstairs, 
for driving that thing ably because he uh, fully uh, acknowledged as much in his second inaugural address. Somehow, that that movie is still puzzling me today is how uh, you could have a three-hour movie about three months of Abraham Lincoln's life, the last three months, from January uh, until April, and not include the second inaugural address. And still, uh, still mind-boggling to me. I, I, I mean, that second inaugural address tells it all. It tells it all, yeah. Yeah, I'll check that out, too. It's in my book, I, yeah, because it, it kind of like bookends uh, the Lincoln uh, or the Frederick Douglass speech in 1852. That second inaugural address that Lincoln gave uh, in uh, 1865 kind of bookends uh, the prophecies and validates the prophecies of, of Frederick Douglass. So 13 years early. Yeah, that second inaugural address. If y'all read my story, you'll be able to kind of make a connection between uh, uh, how prophetical uh, Frederick Douglass was in 1852, talking about, speaking on the 4th of July and how, uh, what it meant to uh, the slaves at that time, the black slaves, uh, and how uh, that the holiday was nothing more than a joke uh, to them. They could not celebrate any independence uh, with chains on. So, so Independence Day uh, to the slaves uh, had uh, very little meaning uh, to them. And that uh, every time uh, the holiday came around, it, uh, in fact, uh, um, uh, Highlighted uh, the hypocrisy of uh, of uh, the whites in the society, talking about their independence and their uh, liberty. When you got uh, half the citizens being uh, changed, something was morally wrong with that uh, with that institution. That's what he was talking about. Something's morally wrong with it. First of all, you've been having these folks in enslaved uh, 250 years at the time, uh, converted uh, most of them to Christianity. You got them all praying uh, to God for their salvation. Now, if you really believe that there is a God, uh, don't you think that at some point he's going to hear their uh, cry? Don't you think if you believe in your Christian dogma that you done brought these folks to God's covenant that at some point they all pray to him every night on their knees. God help me. Don't you think that at some point he's going to answer their uh, their cry? Absolutely. And he did. He did. So, yeah. But, I, yeah, see, I don't know. I got my own little uh, theory on uh, why it was that uh, 
the Christians uh, of the day can uh, fathom that uh, these uh, slaves could have the uh, capacity to uh, to uh, I guess uh, uh, form a covenant with God on man. They they didn't really think that uh, they really thought a lot of them did that we were somehow inhuman and couldn't uh, connect with uh, uh, Almighty God who made everything heaven and earth. That somehow we uh, didn't have a a, a connection uh, to Him. Mind boggling, first of all, if you uh, believe in your own uh, dogma, your own religious dogma. There. Man, but then how you could uh, somehow believe that uh, these humans over here that God Almighty made uh, somehow didn't have a uh, connection uh, to them. I don't know. It's me. So, uh, yeah, but Lincoln said there in that second email address, so yeah, well, we don't know what's going on here. South is trying to defame God, read the same Bible. The North is trying to God and read the same Bible for their benefit against the other party. And, uh, what is God to do? Well, those five million uh, slaves praying to God too. <laughs> God answered them instead of free. God answered their uh, prayer and set them free. Come on. <laughs> hey, this is a heavy story, y'all. This is a heavy story we're talking about here. Our uh, journey here in this country is parallel uh, that of uh, the Hebrews uh, coming up out of Egypt. So I would argue we had a harder time during the 300 years we languished here uh, before uh, that war came along. Our trials and tribulations was uh, far worse than uh, the Hebrews in uh, uh, Egypt. I'd make that argument. I can make that argument. That our uh, trials and tribulations here in this country over some 250 years of slavery was worse than uh, what the Hebrews endured under Pharaoh. No doubt. At least, that's worse. So yeah, we we believe that uh, we do reparations, and they can do a lot of good uh, for the country, for the economy. Believe it or not, you talking about propping up the economy? <laughs> you let a bunch of poor folks get a hold of some money <laughs> and see how quick they uh, spend it. <laughs> You let know, a bunch of poor folks get some of this Republican, this Republic uh, of money. 
racism and hate in American reality, y'all. Coming to you next week. Check my website out, hushmoblack.com. Hushmo, H-U-S-H-M-O-B-L-A-C-K.com. Hushmoblack.com is where you'll be able to find uh, my new book. Uh, I'm posting it to Facebook, too, (laughs) y'all. It'll be posted on Facebook, no doubt, right away, as soon as it drops sometime next week. Uh, Maybe uh, Monday, maybe on uh, Martin Luther King Day. Well, it's really just the uh, 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 copy version. They're waiting on the printer to uh, get finished with that, and that thing's going to be ready, y'all. I want everybody everybody within the Hushmo's voice to pick up a copy, three ninety nine for the digital ebook version. Surely price will not be a uh <laughs> deciding factor of you uh getting this uh this work. Five years in the work is up. Five years it took me to put this thing together. Not a very made up of uh Documents, essays, and analysis analysis of uh, racism, racism and hate. Because really, it's racism and hate because racism uh, has a byproduct. Racism creates a byproduct, and that byproduct, uh, one of them, is hate. You cannot have racism without creating a hate. It's impossible to do, y'all. <laughs> they different. They are different. Racism and hate. Racism, I like to think of as being proactive and hate as reactive. So, so yeah, there's <laughs> a yin-yang uh, type of thing. Yeah? You can't have one without the other. Yeah? Racism uh, generates uh, as a byproduct hate. Uh, so yeah, we they go they go together. Hey, uh, we're gonna take another quick pause for the calls here. Uh, it's about uh, twenty minutes till. We'll be right back. Y'all hanging there. You got me in the Hushmo. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays. 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace. Hey.
time flies when you're having fun, yeah. It's about uh, 16 minutes in front of nine, yeah. We just about got this thing uh, knocked out, I'd say, tonight. Been another powerful, uh, fun-filled evening, interacting with uh, my friends in cyberspace, trying to uh, make sense out of things that uh, just... Uh, seem to make no sense. It's what we do. Try to decipher uh, things that makes no sense for uh, our audience out here. Provide a platform for uh, the 90% of our community who have no uh, platform. That's what we do out here on the Hushmore Back. Hey, just one of many. Hey, we're not uh, leaving this thing alone, you know. We got we ain't this thing along, although we need a lot more company. <laughs> we need a lot more company. Uh, we need a lot more of our, our community uh, speaking out on our uh, on our behalf, telling our story. We I urge urge everybody to uh, tell their story, to write the, uh, their family history. Yeah, it's important to uh, write it down in a book, to leave it on for your uh, theory, as they say, so your kids will know, so your following generations will know where uh, just what it is that uh, we went through. It's important that we, we've lost uh, contact with the likes of uh, the Frederick Douglasses, uh, Henry McNeil Turner, the W.E.B. Du Bois, that uh, we've lost contact with them. And it's because we uh, 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 stopped writing, stopped passing uh, their legacy on uh, to uh, to our uh, following, to following generations. And we have to have to uh, correct that. We have to uh, correct that uh, starting uh, now. Uh, happy 50th birthday, uh, First Lady Michelle Obama. Just turning the big five oh. Oh, when I was 15, I'm telling what I was doing. <laughs> 50 years, that's been almost 20 years ago for the Hushman. Wow. I was... Hmm. Yeah, we, we're going to be, uh, y'all look out for the Hushbow's email because we're going to be sending a lot of emails out announcing my book uh, uh, dropping. Next week, uh, so look out for it. <laughs> you'll get one. <laughs> if you, uh, within the sound of my voice, you'll get one. Uh, we, we're going to play a numbers game here. But, yeah, we make that thing really accessible to uh, the masses. Three ninety nine for the e-book uh, version, sixteen ninety nine for the hard copy. Uh, for the softback hard copy, the hardback is 27 I believe. But yeah, most people is gonna. Uh, when I go to a book signing, I will uh, be selling probably just the sixteen ninety nine version. I mean, a few people order that hard copy, but 
Folks, Larry Sullivan's going to spend $27 on a book, especially for my new author. Um, but we, you never know. This book is, is a powerful. It's a powerful uh, piece of work here. Uh, so you never know how it's gonna how it's gonna go. It certainly fits in with the uh, conversation of the day. I mean, it provides uh, uh, um, it provides uh, um, a lot of uh, insight into where to go further to uh, make uh, to make. Uh, uh, to make the case for uh, a reparation, really, for Americans of African descent, it provides a lot of uh, 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 a lot of the missing pieces of the puzzle that we've been looking for uh, to uh, formulate a strategy to uh, go about getting uh, reparation. And I think it appears to me in all the research that I did that. Americans of African descent, especially those born before 1954, have nothing else to do but petition the court, the Justice Department, to uh, uh, for reparation. Yeah, it's no such thing as a statute of limitation on genocide. Like I said, and that's what uh, the separate equal laws amounted to, uh, with the, the murders, the hangings, the church bombings, and the likes over a 90-year period. It amounted to uh, 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 something just short of genocide at best, uh, at worst, uh, uh, genocide at worst, and uh, at best, uh, uh, it uh, crippled us uh, financially uh, with the discrimination in the workplace uh, within uh, the society at large. It crippled us uh, economically. By the time 1944 came around, we was... Uh, woefully wounded. Uh, you know, we was we was uh, woefully wounded here, and uh, should have should have participated. Of course, but like I said, we uh, the miseducation of uh, our people leading up to 1954 uh, had had a part to do with uh, our. Uh, inability as a community to grasp uh, the enormity of uh, uh, the uh, moment, uh, the, the decision of uh, just what it was that Brown did. What was reparation? We didn't know. Back in 1954, my people didn't have a sense of uh, uh, what reparation was, uh, uh, how it applied. They know uh, they had been uh, suffering uh, uh, with this foot on their throat. They know they couldn't walk into a, a this white office place where all these white people are working and talking about working. <laughs> we couldn't ride up front on the bus. Uh, couldn't even ride in the same car train. Couldn't even drink out of the same water fountain, use the same shitter. Excuse me, excuse me. I suppose. Hey, did somebody get that? We, we used to have uh, oh this is the internet <laughs> this is Cyrus <laughs> this is, <laughs> we, we don't we don't we don't use no foul language I don't know it's called black form yeah we slipped from time to time we did have a a two second delay 
We was two. We was three seconds late hitting it. <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, but we were injured here uh, by uh, the separate equal laws, y'all. And uh, we are owed uh, reparation for that for those injuries, unlike any other minority, separate from any other minority in the country, y'all. Separate from any other minority in the country, unlike any other minority in the country, we were injured by a racist laws uh, uh, put in place uh, that uh, put in place uh, for no other reason than to uh, uh, thwart, thwart our ability to uh, assimilate uh, fully into uh, the society, the social society. And in doing that, uh, it uh, crippled us uh, financially to the day. It has a monstrous effect on us. That's why the jails are so full of our uh, young young people. It is why the jail houses uh, are so full of our young people today. The racist, uh, discriminatory laws of this country. So we we uh, we're not gonna you know it's hard for us to uh, envision uh, closing that gap without uh, proper uh, reparation. We can work. We we can't stop working hard. That's not the answer. That's not the issue here. Well, whether or not we work hard enough, or uh, making ten dollars an hour or seven dollars an hour, that's not the that's that that is. Uh, and not the issue here with uh, my argument. My contention is that uh, we were injured uh, financially by the separate equal laws that should be uh, 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 reparated for. Period. That's you know, it's not uh, nothing hateful about that uh, train of thought. I mean, it's not. No, I'm not talking about uh, wealth redistribution. That's a bunch of junk. I'm talking about money that the republic uh, of, uh, of the country has. Uh, don't tell me uh, we the people are this or that. We the people are, are the democracy. Uh, uh, the Constitution is a republic, uh, 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 republic within itself uh, who uh, acts to uh, extract uh, tax dollars from uh, the, the, the democracy, which is uh, the society at large. But this country is not just uh, uh, one or the other. It's not just one or the other. It's both uh, a mixture of both and neither of uh, either. If you can uh, comprehend that, if you can comprehend that, uh, so yeah, we're looking for uh, compass, uh, reparation from the republic, not from uh, society, not from uh, the democracy. <laughs> that's made up of a bunch of a mob uh, uh, factions like the Tea Party mob. <laughs> yeah, the Tea Party is a mob. That's what it is. That's what a democracy is, uh, made up of a bunch of uh, a mob factions of uh, 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 that exist within the, the social uh, construct of uh, the society. 
we are a part of that. That uh, social makeup, if you want to put us there, uh, we're part of that uh, mob, if you will. That's been uh, injured <laughs> by the rest of the mobs out there uh, and the uh, good old republic and the good old republic allowed it to uh, not only allowed it to uh, exist within its democracy uh, propped it up with uh, by allowing uh, uh, laws to be uh, um, put in place or uh, uh, not put in place to uh, uh, to to uh, 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 to act against it. The word slavery never even come up in the Constitution. They, it, it's not even in the Constitution. First time I got in the Constitution was when the man upstairs got involved. You know? The word slavery don't even get in there. Slave people didn't even have it in the, in the Constitution, period. <laughs> They allow slavery is so slick and slimy that uh, they didn't even put the word, they didn't even use the word, y'all. Five million people had chains on. <laughs> the slavery in the Constitution don't even come to existence until the man upstairs got involved and 600,000 people are dead. And uh, the 13th Amendment talking about no slavery, nowhere, no time from this point forward. So, yeah, we. Hey, it's a heavy story, y'all. That that journey out of uh, through, well, that journey into, through, and out of uh, slavery here in the country. It's just a fascinating uh, journey. Well, you can read that journey in the Bible, or you can read it. but or you can uh, look at it the history of this country yeah the uh, Americans of African descent their journey here in this country through slavery through freedom through a purgatory uh, afterwards uh, yeah, just a mind-boggling uh, tale of two people <laughs> just a mind-boggling tale of two people here y'all because really is, uh, when you start talking about racism and hate, you're talking about two people in America's of European descent. That's what you're talking about. Everybody else is, is on the periphery here of this argument. Everybody else is on the periphery of this argument. They don't even know how to uh, engage in the argument. you got people like Pierre Cruz who's got some Hispanic or Mexican heritage. He, you got people like uh, Marco Rubio who's got some. They don't have a clue, y'all. They don't have a clue, really, of the uh, inhumane uh, uh, injustice that slavery uh, bring to bear on a people. They don't have a clue. They, you can tell it by how they uh, sort of dissect uh, just what uh, the root causes of poverty are. Uh, it's pitiful. Hey, y'all. we got to get up, y'all. 
Hey, we'll see y'all next time back here. Same time, same space. Until then, uh, ciao. We out of here. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com.